It's not just about knowing that you can scan any product and get tapes and off your next one. It's also about storytelling, sustainability, resale. So there's loads of different ways that brands are going to be leveraging connected products moving forward. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. It has been about a year and a half since Cameron Worth and I first spoke on the pod, and man, has a lot changed. At that time, we were in the heart of lockdowns, I believe, or at the end of our first lockdown, and a lot of our conversations were around how consumers are shifting to digital behaviors but still want to feel close to brands. Very fascinating and timely conversation. So I wanted to have him back on the show to talk about how connected products and experiences have evolved in the retail space, how IoT adoption has shifted as a result of that incredibly tumultuous time in the industry, and perhaps most importantly, at least for me, I wanted to get into one of his latest projects with Bellman and Pokemon. You may have seen rumblings of that collaboration through the media, and we dig into a lot of the tactical components. Cameron Worth is the founder of Sharpen, and he spearheads a lot of these projects, so he brings an incredible perspective into how to plan and build briefs for these connected experiences, and most of all, not just how to make a great front-end experience for the customer, but how to make everything work seamlessly on the back-end. Now, IoT is a fast growing and evolving space. So I think this conversation will inspire you to see what opportunities are possible for your brand. Cameron, my friend, so good to have you on the show again. How are you? Hello, I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. I'm doing much better than when we spoke last time. I think we we're in the middle of the <laughs> middle of the pandemic and I was quite sure everyone was going to die. So I know, I know. We were like in the heart of lockdowns, I think the last time we spoke. So I think the context, I guess, around our conversation may feel a bit more positive, a bit more exciting. I know at the time, you know, I was re-listening to that conversation. We talked a lot about how IoT was kind of supporting consumers with where they were at, you know, navigating lockdowns and also just kind of navigating increasingly digital behaviors and store closures, a lot of chaos. But again, we're, we're kind of now in this time of excitement and I guess rejuvenation as it comes to the retail experience. So I want to ask you, how has this space kind of evolved in your world since our last chat? Yeah, it's been pretty wild, to be honest. I think we, um, when we were speaking, we were just seeing QR codes kind of in the wild for the first time ever. So away from the projects that Sharpen had been delivering on sort of connected products and stuff, I think I think we joked last time about like coming out of the first lockdown and there were just QR codes everywhere. And I was, felt like it was in a candy store. Coming out of lockdown, the business had tripled in size. So we tripled headcount, tripled revenues, tripled clients and triple the amount of platform customers. So, so everything was kind of ready to ready to go. So I think for more from like a from a personal perspective in terms of our journey with the IoT, like we've kind of almost rebuilt our business because when you triple remotely, there's no culture, there's no common set of principles because there's only so much you can do on Zooms and whatever. So so from that perspective, you know, we got ourselves a new office, hired our first kind of US team members. And then from an industry perspective, I mean, I think 
really the way to kind of summarize it is brands have kind of moved away from innovation and into kind of global procurement. And that's really what we've seen. When we were last speaking, Sharpen was very happy kind of bouncing along with agency projects and platform customers and stuff like that. But now it's every single client is now saying, look, we're going big with connected products. We believe in product as media as a global opportunity. And the briefs have changed now where it's not just like, can you help us define what the experience is? But it's more like, can you help us to support our top 10 markets in deploying connected products and IoT and retail because we want to make sure that we do it properly. So it's kind of, it's just a thing now. It's not an innovation anymore. And I think it's something that you're going to see probably in the next 12 months, every product's going to have a QR code or an NFC NFC tag integrated into it. So. That's really interesting. And first, congratulations on the significant growth and expansion. I think it really just kind of reaffirms that it wasn't just kind of this, you know, like, industry pundits like to say, oh, like, was this trend just like aligned with the times and very situational or is there a longevity to this? So I think, you know, the growth that you guys experienced kind of is testament to the longevity of connected experiences, QR codes. And I know like our last conversation, we talked a lot about CPG and food brands in particular, which was a very interesting conversation because I think those categories kind of don't get as much spotlight. But I'm curious, you know, with the client growth that you've seen and the expansion of new project opportunities, are you also seeing an expansion of use cases, you know, new categories kind of getting into this area? Like, which ones have been most exciting for you? Yeah, so the one that excites me most, which is more of like a vertical unlock, and we've got a couple of clients within the new vertical is wellness. So pharmaceutical and wellness. For me, I think one of the most interesting experiences that I've had over the last 12 months is kind of looking at the work that the team's been doing with Walgreens Boots Alliance. So they've been like kind of digitizing their user manuals for their pain management devices, taking it from like a 65 page, weird, hard to read, multilingual piece of paper and actually digitizing that and making it mobile first. And rather than having instructions, you've got image led, you know, can you select here where you're feeling pain? And it tells you really, really nicely in different languages how to use the product. And the success has just been like, I mean, the metrics have been phenomenal. I think the client's doing a a thought leadership piece on it currently that will be out, out soon and I'll share it. So pharmaceutical and wellness. So the thing that interests me most from that perspective is, uh, is discrete patient engagement through products. So some of our clients now are focused on thrush, some are focused on male balding, some are focused on menopause. And the idea that kind of away from all the CPG coolness and doing like fun stuff with PepsiCo and amazing clever stuff with Balman and Pokemon, I think the ability for you to be able to ask the product the questions that you might not want to ask human beings or retail assistants, I think that for me is a is a really meaningful use of connected products. And that's why I was, I've was i been kind of so excited by it. And the numbers are just through the roof in terms of like how many people are engaging, how many people are going through to actually completing the journey and, and all this kind of stuff. And I just think that in amongst all of the fun, kind of innovative, clever uses of technology, I think to do stuff that's like meaningful and actually makes a difference to people is quite rewarding in that, in that sense. Yeah. I love that. So you guys were able to take a product experience that may seem a bit overwhelming, static, frankly, boring. And then you were able to kind of piece it together into this more interactive and digital driven experience. Like I know in our last conversation, we talked a lot about 
strategy and kind of mapping out those experiences based on intention, goals, but also what you want the customer to get out of it, like what level of value. So was that like a very similar process for this particular project? Yeah, the wildest things, I think, and also going back to your point earlier, I think that you can kind of track the journey of kind of IoT and retail and brands perfectly against the kind of the journey of Sharpen because, I mean, we pretty much established this discipline, right? We were the first IoT agency. So rather than sounding like having an ego about it, actually, I think you can really you can really track the journey of IoT against the journey of Sharpen quite quite closely. And I think from our perspective, the wildest thing for me is that the proposition has never changed in eight years. It's always been about design the experience, then find the right technology, then make sure it's properly integrated, and then use you know analytics and insights to make better decisions afterwards. So we'll always follow the same process, but it's just that the problems are getting more closer to kind of core business and brand objectives, as opposed to we want to trial NFC or QR codes. It's about, can we use connected products to save time, materials and money, which might be the kind of the boots brief that we'll work on? Or how do we reimagine our patient engagement programs and stuff? Do you see what I mean? So the briefs are just getting so much more like mature. And that for me is, is a testament to the industry getting smarter. And so people kind of knowing what they want now, rather than just saying, okay, well, if I do if I do a connected products rollout, then I'll get into Adweek or Vogue or WWD. Now it's more like I can see how this unlock of product as media can actually deliver against some of my business and my brand objectives. And that that's why you get given kind of more mature briefs now, which is quite cool. Yeah. And are you finding, Cam, I'm sorry, we're going down a rabbit hole no, here, folks. Cool. Um, <laughs> are yeah. you finding that there are more... I don't know if stakeholders is the right word, but I guess more functions and areas of the business represented in these briefs, because I feel like historically, sometimes when we think about things like QR codes and like IOT, like you said, like the media placements, right? Like some look at it as like a brand slash marketing play. Like, are you finding that like more members of the organization are getting involved, like maybe e-com and operations because the briefs are getting more sophisticated and the use cases and value drivers are getting more sophisticated too? 100%. I think I'm, I'm sort of always as open and transparent as I as I can be because I think it's more interesting and it's probably easier as well than remembering how many porkies I've told in the last 22 minutes. But the thing that we used to be able to do as an IoT agency who's doing super cool shit and really nice work for global brands is we could send over these like one page project overviews that had like this line is 15k this line is 15k and this gets you a pilot for 40 do you see what I mean so you could be quite high level because you were just kind of like a cool new innovative business I think the brands made kind of allowances and said look this is you know, this is sharpened and we we trust them and, and we like the way they work but now it's because the stakeholders are so so much broader there's all these kind of processes that we're now having to follow to really kind of grow up as a business you know we have to submit formal rate cards and itemize all the deliverables and full statements of work and working within you know, all these kind of different contractual templates. So from our side, it's been very, very interesting to watch us grow up as a business and not just be throwing out kind of one page proposals, but actually having to deliver, you know, meaningful documents. And also because the projects are getting bigger, the amount of stakeholders that we're working with has got has got a lot wider. And I think that what you're starting to see now is there's kind of two centers of energy for IoT and retail and brands is, is kind of the anti-counterfeit authentication and kind of traceability part. And then you've got the experience and the engagement piece. And what we're finding is that, because you know we've got the studio, which is called Sharpen, and we've got the platform, which is kind of fast becoming the, the industry standard kind of connected product SaaS for brand owners. What we're finding is that 
the people who kind of said that they can do everything for all people and all brands have kind of generally run out of steam or exited the space entirely because actually it doesn't make sense to to try and be all things to all people. And actually what we're doing now is we're looking at that and saying, well, does it make sense for Sharpen to be working with this many stakeholders within a brand's organization? Or does it make sense to have the right partnerships in place where our partners will be speaking to certain divisions or certain stakeholders within the business? And then we focus on the experience and the engagement part. Because even just within the experience and the engagement part, it's gone away from innovation directors. I mean, I, I don't think we work with probably maybe like 20% of the people we work with now are innovation directors. The rest are brand directors, CMOs, and then and then it's kind of all of the associated functions, right? So it's legal, it's operations, it's production. But also depending on the industry, like if you're working in fashion, you'll be speaking a lot more to like the production departments and sometimes the collabs team and all that kind of stuff. So it really is kind of based on the clients. But also I think the the main thing to be careful of from our side is to not be in every room having every conversation about every program. It's about finding out, okay, well, which programs are going on in the business? Who are you currently working with? How can we integrate our platforms together? And then how can we be a, a more integrated solutions partner? So. Got it. That's very interesting. So I'm glad you brought up fashion because one of the reasons why I wanted to speak with you today and kind of get a bit of a, a check-in or update around this space because because I'm, I'm noticing the use cases are getting so exciting and, and so different is you have a very exciting partnership with Balmain for their Pokemon product drop, which is super fun in and of itself. But for those who don't know the collaboration, don't know the ins and outs of this, I feel like you'll probably explain it better than I can. So can you give folks a, a little bit of a breakdown into what this experience entails? And I guess how this, this application and experience still provides that level of value and, and intention that, that we've been talking about, but is still so very different than, than say, the work that, you know, your team is doing with Walgreens and Boots Alliance. Yeah, with pleasure. I mean, I'm sort of, I'm still like uh, brimming with pride about delivering the the kind of the Bauman and Pokemon collab. As you should. So it started with a kind of an all-team meeting with Bauman and some of the people in the meeting were working on kind of digital marketing and collabs and, and they came back to us afterwards and said, actually, we love kind of all the things you're talking about. We love the Levi's case study and, and blah, blah, blah. We'd love for you to think about how we might be able to do something disruptive and innovative for our Pokemon collab. At that point, my eyes were sort of pinging around my head with excitement, thinking about all the amazing things you could do to kind of bring Pokemon Go into um, physical products. Because also what we're always trying to do is do things that inspire the industry and kind of give the industry reference points in terms of how creative you can be so for us this was like a like a dream brief so the end solution was we integrated nfc into all of their patches so so kind of the the collab had jackets bags rucksacks etc and then you could also buy these patches which correlated to different characters so pikachu bulbasaur a bunch of other names that i've forgotten and every single patch was 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 nfc enabled and you could basically register and, and unlock that character within a mobile web experience. So you buy the patch and it was, again, going back to your point around e-commerce, these patches were available uh, in physical stores and online. You buy the patches, you tap the NFC, you then unlock the kind of the badge for that character. And then you're able to buy, like uh, almost like build up your own team of Pokemon. And if you buy three patches you're able to unlock like a legendary patch which you can only buy through e-commerce so after you've bought and registered your third patch 
um, it then gives you a, a kind of a secret link to be able to go and buy the legendary. And that's kind of when you've sort of brought the whole the whole team together. And there was different regions could get different badges. So there was a kind of a whole, it was a global rollout. So in Asia and in Europe, you were able to get different badges and you couldn't buy this Pokemon in this region, for example. So there was a bit of a, an aspirational piece around it. And yeah, I mean, it, it went like it went massive in terms of the way that the industry picked up the news. It was a real pleasure to work with the team from Pokemon and, and also from Balman in, in just allowing us to take something which is already you know, one of the most kind of creative brands globally and do our thing with NFC and, and move uh, Pokemon into into the NFC landscape, which is which is quite wild. So that was that was the overall experience. And yeah, Bowman were very very kind to kind of in, include Sharpen in their announcements because there's a certain amount of weight that kind of Sharpen brings to these kind of programs as well. So just kind of end to end the whole thing of like them having the creative vision to say actually we want to work with Sharpen on this collab, giving us the chance to put Bowman and, and Pokemon as as two of our brand partners and then be able to deliver such an amazing connected experience using the platform and, and the studio and then to be able to be kind of celebrated in the press alongside them and stuff. It's, it's just been a really, really nice process and it's had such a, such amazing feedback from the client and from the industry as well. So yeah, we're super, super proud. Yeah, I will say usually in, in the fashion industry, we find that things like agency partners, technology partners, like they tend to keep that under their hats, so to speak. So it's great that they're kind of going to market and, and sharing news about this with a transparency and an openness. I think it kind of shows that it's like an all hands on deck initiative. Like it isn't just like this special collaboration that is just like a few products, a few social posts, and like that's it. It, it seems like it, it shows their investment in the, the, like the long-term vision for it. Totally. And I think just, no, exactly. And, and the thing is, I mean, we've, we're already kind of exploring other programs that we can work on together and, and, and other cool things that we can be doing. I think just, just in terms of what you just mentioned, which I think was a really, a really good point and one I'd be kind of wrong to not acknowledge is I don't feel like there's another kind of vendor or partner in the world that could have actually brought this to life because you have to work across so many different stakeholders and so many different countries have an intimate knowledge of NFC tag technology in terms of like working on you know, machine washing processes and speaking to the suppliers, speaking to the production team, encoding it on the platform, building out the right experience, understanding the limitations of the NFC building in authentication from the UID of the tag. Do you see what I mean? So all of these things came together so nicely where you might have briefed an agency and got a nice agency response and a nice front end, and you might have had to been able to get a platform and done the analytics and the dashboards, but actually putting it all together is the magic of Sharpen and being able to know exactly what we need to do to get NFC programs to market. And I think Bowman were really appreciative of that, and that's probably reflected in the fact that we were included in, in the releases and stuff, because it really is, there is a there is a secret source to rolling out IoT programs because you're doing connected stuff, but you're triggering it from physical objects. And that causes just so many different complexities that I don't think people are quite aware of. Because, you know, even if you talk about the patches are cut versus where they're embroidered and where the tag gets embedded and how these tags need to be correlated to these characters and these patches. So you're almost training up the production teams as well about how to work with NFC. And you're also training up the retail assistants with how to communicate the NFC on the patches. Do you see what I mean? So it's all, it's all the bits around the product that, that I'm proud of. And it also happens that the experience itself is super badass. Yeah, no, it's amazing because it shows how much thought goes into just mapping that experience out. But, but like you said, like on the back end, so to speak, or under the hood, there are so many other things happening to make it 
work. I'm curious, like, are there any key things to call out, like, as far as operations and getting this experience to work optimally? Because I'm sure, like, some people have read about this partnership or this initiative, and they're like, oh, this is really cool. Like, we should do this. Like, let's try this. Like, are there any big things to call out as far as execution goes that you think is important to note? Like, how the pieces work together to be successful, like the, I guess the more technical stuff? Well, I think if we zero in on the building of the team of Pokemon characters, right? So, yeah, the whole point around Balman delivering this was about wanting to drive more .com accounts. So being able to kind of, if you're in a retail environment and you buy the patch and you go home and you stitch it on, then Balman still doesn't know that you exist as a person. However, if you go into the store and you buy the patch and you tap it with your phone and you register an account, then Bowman have now got a direct relationship with you. So that's the big unlock for them. But also being able to know that this person has now bought this unique patch with its own unique ID and then be able to say, and these are the two other patches that you now need to go and find before you can unlock the legendary. There's a certain amount of logic on the back end that's that's required to be able to power that type of an experience. And that's kind of, for me, one of the beautiful parts of NFC, away from QR codes, because QR codes are all what they are. Bowman would like never produce a QR code onto a Pokemon patch, for example. It just doesn't make sense visually and aesthetically. However, at NFC tag, you can encode it at an item level at source. So you can put 10 Pikachu badges alongside each other. And every single one of those has got a unique ID. So you can now tie unique instances of products to unique customer profiles. And that's the big unlock. But with that comes a lot of, you know, like GDPR, CCPA considerations, making sure that, you know, everything's opt-in, making sure that you're collecting the right data at the right points and all that kind of stuff. So again, it's like the stakeholders that are needed from an IoT program generally are marketing, production, well, marketing to kind of define and deliver the experience, legal to make sure that everything is watertight from a GDPR and a CCPA perspective, how you're handling customer data, basically. Operations, which is like production planning, making sure that you know, you're working probably six months, nine months out because you're actually needing to affect the physical product itself. And yeah, they're probably the three key actors, so marketing, legal, and, and operations. And then obviously the IT side on the... Yeah, making sure the platform is performing and pen testing and all that kind of stuff. Got it. I'm glad you kind of dug into that unlock or that opportunity for the brand because everybody's talking about how do I better understand my consumers? How do I better understand how they're engaging with the brand? How can I collect it and, and use that data to my advantage? So I think identifying these new touch points or these new products where you can connect it to data and information about your consumer is is a huge value. But I think from the consumer's perspective, what I find really interesting about all of this is obviously there's that digital physical convergence angle, right? Like you have the physical product that drums up its excitement and then it connects to digital information and, and you know the digital experience. But then I think it's a really interesting convergence of communities, so like really passionate fans for each of these very distinct and seemingly on the surface, very different brands. And it's creating something exciting and fun. And there's even tie-ins to gaming and unlocking that gaming community too. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, do you think this is almost a really fun first phase or starting point for an entirely new I don't want to say era, but like extension or phase of IoT experience. Like as we think about 
the evolution of the metaverse and gamification, even social commerce. Like, I almost feel like there's an opportunity for all of us to really play nicely together to create something cool. But maybe I'm just geeking out a little bit. No, no, I'm with you 100%. There's a couple of things, right? I think the I was very tired going into the first lockdown. Right. Kind of working working in isolation to the advertising industry, basically. Like, there was still no one doing what Sharpen was doing entering into the first lockdown there were some people who did some pokey qr code promotional campaigns with you know weird european milks or something like that but i think from a enterprise brand owner going big going large on connected products really advocating for what we believed was going to be the future of kind of customer engagement it was tiring right because you were doing loads of pilots and it just wasn't catching on. The pilots were going really successful. People were engaging. The numbers were climbing. The handset manufacturers were incorporating more native capabilities into their devices. But it just wasn't catching on because everyone was always saying, well, yeah, it feels very Asian. Yeah, If you talk about QR codes, they're like, oh, yeah, it's big in China. And immediately that kind of like disregards it as something that the US or the UK would ever do. There was a point in time during lockdown, I was like, I wonder if this is the time to kind of bow out gracefully and, and say, well, you know, we've tried everything. If we've got Levi's to do nfc rollouts if we've rolled out billions of qr code across physical products if we've done x y and z to kind of try and change the market and it hasn't caught on then maybe maybe you bow out gracefully during covid and you know the same way that a lot of people lost their businesses in the last recession it's just kind of something that you can say and you sort of move the conversation on swiftly afterwards however coming out of lockdown and seeing basically just consumer adoption was now at like 100 <laughs> percent, and everyone knew what the technology was and how to use it and NFC is the same as Apple Pay, all the things that we'd been kind of saying and banging the drum kind of independently. It was just time to move. And, and every brand kind of moved very, very quickly to say, right, okay, we need to have, uh, you know, we need to have a proper program in place around this. Who should we work with? And it just so happens that Sharpen have always been there with the best case studies, cool website and all that kind of stuff. So we were just kind of inundated with, you know, new customer inquiries, licensing the platform, briefing the agency, blah, blah, blah. You know, we've got like billions of touch points on the platform now. And the platform's only been live kind of for about a year and a half, two years. And we've got probably the region of like 10 billion touch points now being actively managed on, on the platform. And we're just getting started. So what does that mean? I think that what it means is that the world's now coming around to connected product experiences. And I think that will be a key part of any brand's kind of digital ecosystem, which is product as media. In terms of the what next and what else is there in terms of the unlocks? You know, I don't know if you saw that we just announced a kind of long-term strategic partnership with a company called 3Dium. And 3Dium are the company that we're backing to win in the kind of the 3D internet age. So what they're really, really good at is creating digital twins for physical products and being able to kind of port those directly into virtual worlds and also be able to put things straight onto the blockchain for authentication. So what we've tried to do now is say, well, okay, so let's say that job number one was get brands to do connected products, which I think we can tick now looking at kind of what's coming, what's coming down the pipe. And then the job two is then how far can we stretch connected products and knowing that you can now scan a candle and it now puts a version of that candle directly into your home in Decentraland, for example, your virtual house in Decentraland or customize that candle in Decentraland and then be sent the physical copy to your physical address. So what we're now doing is now getting brands what we call metaverse ready, because we're not sure where it's going to end up this kind of weird and wonderful period of time that we're now in where 
kind of everyone's forcing brands into the metaverse and we're saying look if that is going to be a thing then we're going to make sure that we're, we're doing the right things from from sharp ends perspective and then just yeah i think to your point around convergence of physical and digital i mean i imagine that towards the end of next year every physical product from major global brand owners is going to have some form of a connected experience and, and also the reason i say that is not just because of the work that sharp ends doing but even if you look at the work that brands are now doing to launch their own kind of like nutrition and transparency programs you know i was having a i was having a can of sweet corn the other day i think my girlfriend was traveling so i was kind of living off what was left in the cupboard <laughs> so I found, just eating, just eating some corn found myself with a teaspoon and a can of green giant and i saw the <laughs> qr code on there and it was scanned here to understand our story so there's all, all brands already doing all of this stuff anyway but doing it from a ingredient management traceability perspective as well so it's not just about knowing that you can scan any product and get 30 percent off your next one it's also about storytelling sustainability resale so there's loads of different ways that brands are going to be leveraging connected products moving forward yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i know that just looking at again cpg you know food brands even like beauty brands care brands cleaning brands like they are exploring how to connect those dots and I think tell that story, make it easy for the consumer to get that information. So not just using signage, but also their packaging as a storytelling vehicle, which I think is really interesting because obviously the Pokemon stuff, super cool, super fun, but may not be a fit for every brand. You know, that experience may not best align with their goals or objectives. It really could be as simple as creating a packaging story around a new product line or a new focus on sustainability and just using that product packaging as a jumping off point for getting that content, which I think we got into during our last conversation. And I think it just really shows there are different stages of this that brands can take. And I think that's a really important call out for us. Yeah, absolutely. I just quickly as well, sorry for the noise. And I have just now discovered that my computer has a do not disturb button. So I've now just switched it on. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for allowing me to find out that there's a do not disturb function on my Mac. No problem. So we just won a bunch of awards for Clinique. I should rephrase that. Clinique just won a bunch of awards for the work that we did together, rolling out NFC enabled products across 35 countries. And that wasn't much of a, I mean, if you, if you look at Pokemon was just like an experience and Clinique was a service. So we launched with them a daily dehydrator index and depending on where you are, so where you engage with a product based on humidity, temperature, pollution levels and all these other kind of environmental factors that give you a personalized skincare regimen and the ability for Clinique to be able to play that kind of a role in the context of use is, is uncharted territory right they've never been able to kind of get that close at that moment of use and be able to deliver that kind of a service and that for me was was a real a real big win for the brand which is we can now rather than just producing loads of kind of content we can also now be very very service driven as a business they've got loads of things they've got virtual try on live consultations and this now is like a like another pillar of their of their service delivery proposition or service delivery ecosystem. So that was really, really nice. The thing is, I've never understood why every product isn't telling its own story, but that's obviously me because I'm biased and I'm trying to build a, a global powerhouse. But the ability for you to kind of go beyond the label and actually unpack which ingredients are doing what or how to get the best out of the product. I think the connected product for me is really... First of all, it's only one part of, of what we do within within kind of IoT and retail, and I'll give you a quick case study afterwards. But the ability for you to kind of just have a new canvas that's triggered from the product and be in that moment of use, because when you're engaging with a product, 
you're no more than five centers five centimeters away from it so you're either thinking about using it or actively using it and that as a start point is just a, is, it's a new proposition for the advertising industry but then there's also stuff that we're doing in retail now which is like the levi's donation walls so iot and retail goes all the way from connected products through to kind of in-store sustainability programs so we've got these things called donation walls where you bring in your old denim it weighs the denim it goes through a shoot plays this funky animation on the screen it syncs up with your levi's app so you scan a code on the screen and it pairs it with your levi's 24 7 app and deposits credit straight into the app so that you can then use it in store so there's all these new kind of systems that are being created out of iot thinking about connected experience design so what we're trying to do now is take iot out of out of our lexicon and talk more about connected experience design across retail and products because I think there's just so many opportunities to kind of bring the store experience to life in new ways using IoT and not just thinking it just lives on the products through NFC and QR codes as well. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. I think sometimes people get stuck in their own head, so to speak, like they assume technology is only for certain purposes or use cases and they, and they can't really think outside of the larger purview. So I think going into that broader experience opportunity definitely Makes sense. But Cam, I, I think we're just about at time for today. I really appreciate that we've been able to dig into different use cases, the process, but also I think we've sprinkled in some best practices and, you know, takeaways for everyone listening right now, which which is great. But before I let you go, you know, I, I find that we're really in this interesting moment for marketing, for customer experience, because there is such an emphasis, I, th I think, on two things. So deeper customer understanding, obviously, first party and zero party data play a really critical role in that, but also creating experiences that really reflects the hybrid of digital and physical and, and powerful storytelling through content, which I think has kind of been alluded to during this conversation. So are there any thoughts as far as, you know, where you think this space is going or maybe even any conversations you've been having around future projects that you think hint at, you know, what the future may hold or where the future opportunities lie in this space, because I feel like it's constantly evolving and, and just, again, plays so nicely with a lot of the trends that we're talking about today. Yeah, this is probably the first question you've asked that I wish I would have read the questions beforehand and had a very clever answer for. <laughs> no, I think that for me, the, the big the big unlock over the next 12 months, and we've got a couple of announcements pending, which is 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 end-to-end -end product lifecycle management. And I know that sounds super lame and super nerdy, but the ability for you to go wider than just the brand objectives and start bringing the business objectives into connected products as well. So why is there not one identity on a product that is being traced through the supply chain, through the production process, into the store, post-purchase customer engagement, then into resale? So we're working on a couple of these programs now. We've got like a pretty badass partnership to announce in the next couple of weeks that's going to do a big unlock for the industry. But I think what you'll see in the next kind of six to 12 months is, and I'll, you'll be the first to know when we do it, is is those those first truly end-to-end -end connected product deployments, which is kind of connected at source and then traced and all the way through kind of its its life into resale. And that for me is, is when things change because that really is delivering against so many business and brand drivers. It will be very, very hard for a brand to never do the same thing for the rest of their lives. So. Love it. 
Well, Cam, always a pleasure chatting with you on the pod and off. Again, congratulations on the growth and success of Sharpend and, and all of the great work that you've been able to do with brands across the retail industry. Thanks again so much for taking the time. No worries. Thanks again for having me. And yeah, we're really big fans of what you're doing as well. So yeah, it was a pleasure to be, uh, it was a pleasure to be oh. invited again. Thank you. Appreciate that. And to all of you, I think this is only scratching the surface of this incredible topic and, you know, all the opportunities that currently exist for all of you listening today. So we'd love to keep the conversation going. Drop us a line on Twitter at our touchpoints or on LinkedIn at retail touchpoints. We'll make sure Cam and the Sharp End team are tagged as well. So if you have any specific questions, you'll have a direct line of communication there. And let us know what you thought about this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Drop us a line in the ratings and review section of your preferred podcast player. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, frankly, anywhere else. We're probably there. And if you haven't already subscribed to the show, we are having new episodes weekly with folks like Cam who are doing some pretty fascinating and innovative things in the retail space. So definitely be in the know, stay up to date, and subscribe to get the latest and greatest delivered right to your device. Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.